You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do the people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Here are the stories we're following today. Karen, the drop in futures closing out this trading week comes ahead of a closely watched inflation gauge for the Federal Reserve. The core personal consumption expenditures price index is forecast to have fallen to 3.3% in November. That's from 3.5% the prior month. Economists say that could bolster expectations for Fed rate cuts next year. Former Dallas Fed President Robert Kaplan says despite this morning's report, he expects the Fed to be patient. The Fed is going to need to see uh, at least two or three months more of continued improvement. I think tomorrow will probably be good news, but they're going to need to see sustained improvement before they're going to be willing to take more action. And uh, and so I, I think the market should expect that it's going to take a while and more sustained improvement before the Fed does something. And former Dallas Fed Chief Bob Kaplan says markets overreacted to Fed Chair Jay Powell's comments earlier this month on rate cuts. Well, in Europe, Nathan's speculation is growing this morning that the Bank of England may cut interest rates as soon as the spring. And that's because the U.K. economy unexpectedly shrank in the third quarter. Dan Hansen is a senior economist for Bloomberg News. We've been having this conversation about recession for a while. I think we'll move on from it um, in the first half of 2024, um, which is obviously a good news story. But as things stand, obviously, just looking at this data, um, it is a little bit worse than expected. And it, it does raise the risk of two consecutive quarters of negative growth, the, the sort of definition of a technical recession. And Bloomberg News senior economist Dan Hansen says revised figures show GDP dropped a tenth of a percent from the second quarter, a downgrade from the zero growth initially estimated. All right, Karen, now let's get to the latest from the Middle East. The U.S. is signaling it can now support a U.N. Security Council resolution to increase aid into Gaza. This proposal has been delayed several times, but a vote could come as soon as today. White House National Security Spokesman John Kirby says the U.S. still wants Israel to move to a different phase of fighting with Hamas. We're not going to speak for their military operations. We recognize and they recognize that a transition is is uh, not not only reasonable, but probably the most viable way to continue this fight. John Kirby at the White House. Now, the latest draft of the Security Council resolution calls for creating the conditions for a sustained cessation of hostilities. The U.S. had been opposed to specific language for a ceasefire. Meanwhile, the Hamas-run health ministry in Gaza says more than 20,000 people have been killed in the territory since the October 7th attack on Israel. Well, Nathan, the U.S. is preparing to lift a ban on weapons sales to Saudi Arabia. And Bloomberg's Amy Morris has more from Washington. 
Officials tell the New York Times the Biden administration is prepared to relax some restrictions after taking note of Saudi Arabia's de facto ceasefire with the Houthi militia in Yemen. President Biden imposed the ban on the sale of certain weapons two years ago, concerned that U.S. weapons were being used against civilians in Yemen. The U.S. did not say when the easing of the ban might happen, and it can be reversed at any time if the president decides it's not in U.S. interests. Saudi Arabia is the largest buyer of American weapons. In Washington, Amy Morris, Bloomberg Radio. Okay, Amy, thank you. Meanwhile, closer to home, President Biden's preparing to send a team to Mexico to talk immigration. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has that story. The mission comes after a conversation with Mexico's President Lopez Obrador with increasing pressure as well to get something done regarding immigration. NSC spokesman John Kirby says it will be top officials. President Biden has asked Secretary of State Tony Blinken Secretary of Homeland Security Alejandro Mayorkas and White House Homeland Security Advisor Liz Sherwood Randall to travel to Mexico in coming days. Kirby says the trip will take place as soon as possible. Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Radio. All right, Ed, thanks. Well, turning to corporate news now, shares of Nike down 11.5% in early trading. The sportswear giant is forecasting revenue to be down slightly in the fiscal third quarter and up in low single digits in the fourth quarter. Putnam Goyle is a senior U.S. e-commerce and retail analyst at Bloomberg Intelligence. They're still only expecting revenues to be up 1%. And that's a function of two things. One, an uncertain macro, and two, weaker China. So those two things together is what's raising brows here because China, as everyone knows, is a real area of growth for them. And Bloomberg Intelligence and Spoonham Goyle says Nike is also taking steps to streamline the organization, and that's expected to result in pre-tax restructuring charges of about 400 to $450 million. Well, Karen, we're also seeing some other sporting goods companies follow after that disappointing Nike forecast. In Europe, shares of Adidas are down nearly 6%. Puma's down about four and a, five and a half percent, I should say. And here in the U.S., in early trading, we're watching shares of Foot Locker. They are down six and two thirds percent. Under Armour is down about five percent. Dick's Sporting Goods lower by more than four percent. Well, Nathan, Elon Musk is lashing out at the state of U.S. financial markets, speaking to ARK Investment Management CEO Kathy Wood during a discussion on his social media platform X. Musk complained about the scrutiny facing listed companies. There's a lot of pressure, like immense pressure on a public company to not have a bad quarter. So this can actually result in a less efficient operation where you're, you're going to great lengths at the end of a quarter to not disappoint people. You know, that's just, that's just how, how, how it goes. And Musk says keeping SpaceX private has also allowed him to take more appropriate risk compared with the publicly traded Tesla. And Tencent Holdings is leading an $80 billion sell-off in some of China's biggest online names. That's after China issued a surprise imposition of new gaming curbs. This is Bloomberg. Nathan, thanks. Time now for a look at some of the other stories making news around the world. And for that, we're joined by Bloomberg's Amy Morris. Amy, good morning. Good morning, Karen. Increasing security concerns across the U.S. Deputy U.S. Attorney General Lisa Monaco says the biggest concern now is lone wolves and small groups acting with little to no notice. Since October 7th, the FBI has received 
more than 1,800 reports of threats or other types of tips or leads that are somehow related to or have a nexus to the current conflict. Deputy Attorney General Lisa Monaco was talking with ABC's This Week, which you can hear each Sunday afternoon here on Bloomberg Radio. Former Trump attorney Rudy Giuliani has filed for bankruptcy protection after a court ordered our court ordered him to pay nearly $150 million for defaming two Georgia election workers. Loyola Law Professor Lori Levinson says that doesn't necessarily let Giuliani off the hook. Filing a bankruptcy might delay things, but ultimately, if his creditors can find assets that he does have, then they'll be able to go after those either in the bankruptcy proceedings or otherwise. Among the creditors Giuliani lists are the Internal Revenue Service and Hunter Biden. Apple has now pulled its Apple Watches Series 9 and Ultra 2 models from its online store to meet a ban ordered by the International Trade Commission. As Bloomberg's Scott Carr tells us, many of the watches are now also out of warranty. The ban on the Apple smartwatches also means the company's not allowed to fix models out of warranty. Apple's customer service teams were told in a memo this week that the company will no longer replace out-of-warranty models going back to the Apple Watch Series 6. The company will still offer help. It can be done via software, such as reinstalling the operating system. The ban affects most new Apple Watches sold since 2020 that the ITC says includes a blood oxygen sensor that violates a patent held by Massimo. Scott Carr, Bloomberg Radio. And the Food and Drug Administration has seized thousands of units of counterfeit Ozempic, a diabetes drug from Novo, Novo Nordisk, it's been adapted into a weight loss treatment, as you've heard. The FDA warns wholesalers, retail pharmacies, healthcare practitioners, and patients check your products, make sure they're not fake. The FDA and Novo are testing seized products, and they don't have any information yet about their identity, quality, or safety. Global News 24 hours a day and whenever you want it with Bloomberg News Now. I'm Amy Morris, and this is Bloomberg. Karen. All right, Amy, thank you. Well, we do bring you news throughout the day here on Bloomberg Radio. But now, As Amy said, you can get the latest news on demand whenever you want it. Just subscribe to Bloomberg News Now to get the latest headlines at the click of a button. Get informed on your schedule. You can listen and subscribe to Bloomberg News Now on the Bloomberg Business app, Bloomberg.com, plus Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Time now for the Bloomberg Sports Update with John Stashauer. John... Karen, the L.A. Dodgers have been in the baseball postseason 11 straight years. They have just the one World Series championship to show for it, that in the COVID-shortened 2020 season. Making an effort to be better in October. Have they ever spent money in this offseason? They acquired Tyler Glass now from Tampa Bay. They gave him a new contract for $136 million. They, of course, added Shohei Otani, price tag $700 million. And now they've added another Japanese player, 25-year-old pitcher Yashinobu Yamamoto. Dodgers haven't confirmed the deal, but several media reports. It's 12 years 325 million. So between the two Japanese players, the Dodgers pledged to pay a total of over a billion dollars. Yamamoto pitching for the Oryx Buffaloes last year, won 16 games, pitched to a 1.21 ERA. Baseball with some rule changes for 2024. The pitch clock with men on base reduced from 20 seconds to 18. Now wider runner lane towards first base and mound visits reduced from five to four. Thursday night football in L.A. Easy win for the Rams. Saints scored a couple of late touchdowns, but the Rams won 30-22. to Matthew Stafford threw for 328 yards. The Rams were three and six. They've now won five of their last six. 
And at 8-7, and seven, they're very much in it for a wild card. Clippers' nine-game winning streak came to an end. They lost at Oklahoma City. The Lakers played without LeBron James. They lost at league-leading Minnesota. John Stashower, Bloomberg Sports. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do, that's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. From coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business App, and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. Now two and a half months into the war in Gaza, Israel continues to face pressure to move its fight with Hamas into a less intense phase. The U.N. is moving closer to a resolution to bring more aid into the territory. And The New York Times is reporting that the U.S. is preparing to lift a ban on offensive arms sales to Saudi Arabia as Red Sea shipping comes under greater attack. And for more on all this, we are joined by Bloomberg News senior editor Bill Ferries. Bill, good morning. First off, what's the latest on this uh, Security Council resolution on Gaza aid. This has been under debate all week long, hasn't it? It has. And if you remember earlier this month, the U.S. was the only country uh, voting against and effectively vetoing a U.N. Security Council resolution that was calling for an immediate ceasefire in the uh, Israel-Hamas war. Uh, even U.S. allies didn't, uh, didn't stand uh, in the way of that resolution. So they've been trying to hammer out something all week that could pass. Uh, and it looks like there could be a vote Friday that U.S. said it could support uh, support a resolution that would beef up uh, aid deliveries to uh, to Gaza, and we don't have all the details, but which would presumably uh, involve uh, some sort of a uh, cessation of hostilities. Uh, right now, the draft that we've seen uh, talks about working towards. Uh, some kind of a ceasefire, so not declaring one at the outset. But uh, but that's been the goal all along for most of the countries involved in this process. And we'll have to see what final what the final draft is uh, later today uh, and whether that goes down for a vote. But the U.S. ambassador to the U.N. Uh, signaling late last night that uh, the U.S. is likely to support such an effort. What's the practical impact of a resolution like this when we are hearing comments from uh, the White House National Security Spokesman John Kirby, the Secretary of State Antony Blinken and others calling on Israel to at least de-intensify the war with Gaza, the war in Gaza? 
Yeah, you've seen the U.S., uh, particularly for, for weeks now, trying to straddle this divide between signaling its support for Israel and saying it has, uh, you know, continues to have the right to defend itself after those October 7th attacks by Hamas, but also signaling its real concern about the rising civilian death toll. And increasingly in recent weeks, you've seen the focus of that balancing act shift towards uh, the civilian death toll. And you basically have uh, both President Biden uh, last week before a group of fundraisers and uh, and uh, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken this week saying that they really need to see a more targeted approach by Israel. Uh, Israel, they you know, they're talking about Israel going after Hamas leaders, specific Hamas leaders, rather than maybe uh, the broader bombing campaign that we saw uh, in the first several weeks and in actually the first two months of this conflict. Bill, what more can we say about this New York Times report that the Biden administration is getting ready to lift an offensive weapons ban on Saudi Arabia? This has to be related to uh, some of the uh, turmoil we're seeing in the Red Sea, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's really interesting because uh, the, you know it shows how the world has changed in just a few years. Just two or three years ago, when uh, there was a lot of frustration in the U.S. about uh, about the Saudi-led war uh, against the Houthi rebels in Yemen, it was considered one of the world's biggest humanitarian disasters at the time. Um, and you know, in the time since, there's been a little bit of a shift. I think on Saudi Arabia's part, in particular, since this the ban went into place, where they are. Uh, they have been tr- more recently trying to find a diplomatic approach to the Houthi rebels, um, and the you know the the focus that Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman had on persecuting a war has really changed now. Um, so the the Biden administration's argument seems to be, you know, the the reason that we put this ban in place no longer really exists. We can put it back in if we need to, uh, but I think they're really trying to leverage. Uh, the alliance uh, or the the partnership with the Saudis to try to get them in a place where maybe they can put a little bit more pressure on the Houthis. The Red Sea has uh, it's really become a major crisis for global shipping. It's become something that threatens uh, uh, supply chains once again. It has a potential impact on inflation and obviously threatens human lives if uh, if these attacks on uh, ships passing through that region continue. It has the, the really the bigger issue is it has the risk of expanding this war uh, to a much broader area. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed at 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak.
The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.